Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spark Connections, where we take a journey and look through what people have gone through, what's going on in the tech industry. My name's Stefan. I'll be your host. Today, I'm with my friend, Will. We connected over Twitter, uh, where apparently most of my friends come from these days. I don't think I've met like anyone in person anymore. So all my close peeps are all on Twitter. You guys already know that. Um, so today, we're just going to talk a little bit through Will's background and, and kind of go with the flow. So Will, thanks for thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Hey, I really appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to to get this conversation going, and I feel you about the whole Twitter friends community thing. It, I really got into it the last few months. I should have got into it sooner with the pandemic. It's a great place. So you know what's funny? I um I was actually interviewing for a job, and I had always stayed away from tech Twitter because I had always heard rumors and some of my experiences had just been that it was like super negative. So I stayed away from it for so long. And then finally, um, just with what I was trying to get into, I realized I had to connect with people a little bit more. So I was like, you want to know what? Let me let me try. And um, some of the first people I started following, I'm sure I'll get him on here uh, at, at some point. But Jack Forge, um, I started following uh, uh, Kim. She makes stickers um, and a couple other people and just immediately started connecting with them. And it was great. It was just a great experience. So yeah, then I just started connecting with more people. But I, I like I feel the, the funny thing is like they're my real life friends. Like they I know I know them. I get along with them. I talk to them as if we've like met in person and known each other forever. And I love it. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I know I completely agree. With Twitter in general, uh, you know, I was always like, ah, you look at your feed and it's a bunch of news and sometimes negativity and stuff. And, you know, I kind of filtered out the timeline a little bit, started doing the whole tech and, you know, I do some marketing people as well. And ever since I've been like, oh, this is great. It's just a bunch of tips, people helping each other out, positivity. It's fantastic. Yeah, once I once I realized that there were some really good, awesome people in the community, I totally let go of some of the stigmas I had around it. And um, yeah, I've been I've been just meeting and hanging out and just connecting with some really, really great people. So um, and, and, and you know, it brought you and me together. Right. So like I don't even I, I think um, I don't think we were following each other. So um, it was interesting when I got your message and, and, you know, we talked about you coming on here. I was like, oh, I don't even know this guy, but I just thought it was cool that that's the kind of reach that, um, you know, some of the connections that we have, um, I guess, have between us. Exactly. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, Jack Forge. Uh, I follow him. I interact with him. He's fantastic with, with what the content he offers. Also had some good humor to his tweets as well, which is always important, you know, and, and I stumbled across your tweets as one of the, you know, such and such liked this tweet and went across your profile, saw that you had the whole podcasting going as a former radio professional i always jump at the opportunity to to kind of get back behind the mic and uh i was like oh this guy's got some good content so i'm gonna give him a follow and here we are happy to be here you know it's funny so um jack i think everyone who knows anything about jack knows that he's a huge white claw fan um and so i started trying white claw because (laughs) of jack and i was like uh this is terribly disgustingly delicious why can't i stop drinking it um and this and the funny thing about them is i didn't realize how like no one warns you about white claw that you can like drink one but you can also drink seven it's like where'd the case go oh wait i did that because they're just so easy to, to just throw down Oh, they're, it's it's too easy. It's a problem, right? You know, and they, got, they got a good they got a good fair share of alcohol in there too. So if you're throwing down seven or eight, you know, it's like, well, where's it going? It's without that carbonation. You know, you try to throw down seven beers and your stomach's bloated, you're full. The white claws just, whew, it's too easy. It's dangerous. 
So I'm a, a you know speaking of beer I'm a I'm a pretty I, I love beer and I, especially I love like really great breweries um, so I'm a huge fan of of Almond Gang and they're um, they're in Cooperstown New York they have a brewery there I'm also a fan of um, of Southern Tier they're also here in New York but um, Almond Gang so they they make like a Belgian style wheat beer and it's so delicious but I can only finish like one or two of them. Not because I'm a lightweight, but honestly, because it's like a like I can drink one. It's like okay, cool. I'm not hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, that's good stuff, though. I, maybe I need to go to New York and try that out. I'm a huge fan of the Belgian style wheat beers. Yeah, they're they're honestly like one of my one of my absolute favorites. Um, but yeah, I can talk about this topic all day. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Day. Tech, tech, tech. Of course. <laughs> so, so man, well, why don't you do us a favor? Let's talk a little bit about your background. Um, you know, just haven't recently bumped into you. I've only I've only learned a little bit. So so let's talk people. Let's talk to let's talk about your background, man. Yeah, yeah. We'll start off. I guess where I was born and raised, a little bit north of Seattle, in a in a well, I guess it's a full fledged suburb now. But maybe growing up, it wasn't quite there. Bothell, Washington, uh, the big population influx that we've seen in the Seattle area. So I grew up in Bothell. Uh, stayed out there for a while. I went to school at Washington State University. Go Cougs. And, um, you know, had a great four years there. I studied communication, broadcast journalism. Uh, that's where I mentioned, you know, the radio and, and whatnot there. Uh, actually, upon graduation in Pullman, small town Pullman, which is just about seven miles from the Idaho border in eastern Washington, um, I went to Farmington, Missouri, which is oof, about an hour and a half south of St. Louis in Missouri. And that was where I got my first job as a sports broadcaster. Uh, as well as a country radio host, which was new for me. Country music has never been, uh, you know, something that's been super popular in my mind, but it was a fun experience to go out and do that. I got promoted within a few months to sports director and the sister station that was a little bit further up north and closer to St. Louis, which was cool, provided me an opportunity to kind of check out St. Louis a bit. And, you know, I'm a big baseball fan. So the Cardinals out there obviously is a huge community and, and they love them. And the St. Louis Blues were really good at the time for hockey. So, uh, that was cool. So I did that for two years and, and that was a lot of fun. But uh, I realized that I, I think I kind of enjoyed, uh, you know, having a couple beers, like you mentioned, maybe some Belgian style wheats and watching the games more than I did calling the games, which is a problem if you're going to be a, a sports broadcaster. Uh, so so once I kind of realized that that wasn't what I wanted to do long term, uh, I took a chance. I had always wanted to learn Spanish. Uh, my mom's side of the family. Uh, has some Venezuelan roots as well as in, in Central America. Uh, and so I went down to Guatemala, studied Spanish for about six weeks, met some really cool people, came back to the States after a few months, was like, I got to get back down there. I went to Colombia, uh, finished learning Spanish, spent about a year and a uh, 15 months or so, a year and a, a third or, or a quarter, I should say, uh, down in Colombia. And that's actually where I got introduced to technology as well. Uh, I met uh, a good friend of mine now. His name is also Will. Uh, he kind of was a programmer, was a roommate of mine in Medellin, was like, hey, you should learn to code. And I was like, that looks interesting. So uh, I spent a year coding and, um, you know, and got the job. And now I'm working as a, as a freelancer. I got my own business on the side. And that's that's kind of where I'm in, uh, where I am today. A, a long story in a somewhat short form. <laughs> that's awesome there are so many things to unpack there i heard uh, i heard a whole bunch of things so so you you started you said you started picking up spanish in guatemala and then finished learning it in colombia now i know those two countries have kind of a little bit of a different not a crazy different but a small difference in dialect um 
like, was that a challenge for you or were you just able to kind of like pick it right up and keep moving? Great question. Yeah. Your dialects with the, the Latin and Spanish and within Latin America is difficult. Uh, Guatemala and Colombia though, the, the big reason why I chose those two, uh, uh, Guatemala, because the accent in Antigua is very clear. It's slow. It's easy to understand. I had, I knew a lot of words in Spanish before moving down there, but I didn't know how to form sentences. Um, and so to adapt to the Colombian accent in Medellin and Antioquia, you know, some people will tell you that that's the best and clearest form of Spanish there is. It is a beautiful accent. They kind I of will sing. agree with that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they kind of sing a little bit, you know, when they yeah, talk. So, yeah. Uh, now, Cartagena up in the north on the coast, that's, that's a different ball game. That takes a little bit more, uh, more listening skills for me. So what's really funny is, um, you know, the time that I spent there, listening to someone speak um, was very challenging. And often I had to have someone repeat themselves, mostly because um, so so it's either one of two things. They either speak very, very quick um, or it, it's, it's very thick, um, which was like challenging for someone who like, you know, wasn't extremely fluent in Spanish. I knew enough to get me by and enough to, you know, keep myself out of trouble, but Definitely struggled, definitely struggled a little bit there. Yeah, I've, you know, they drop the S too, right? So they speak really fast and quick. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, vamos a la playa, right? They'll be like, vamos a la playa. And you're like, wait, what? With, you know, we're going to the beach. And you're, it go, it's like it's like saying we are going to the beach to we're going to the beach. You know, like that, that know, for me is difficult. You know, it's funny. I, um. I just recently, I was talking to a, a, a friend of mine who, you know, li- originally was born and raised here in Buffalo, uh, Buffalo, New York, and then ended up moving down south. And uh, when we talk, he's picked up a, leather, a lot of, um, I would guess you would say like southern, like some of the southern dialects. And, 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 and especially in some of the southern pronunciations, they just, that same, th- same thing where they just drop um, parts of the word. And him and I were having a phone conversation. There was that one, like, I forgot what we were talking about. At one point, I'm just like, man, I cannot. I can't understand. <laughs> I can't understand you. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I can't understand you. So it, he, he, we had a good laugh about it, but he's been down there for about, like, I don't know, maybe like 10, 15 years now. So definitely. And it's funny because it's like his New York, Buffalo, New York accent, like mixed with what was down there. And it's like he created his own thing. Yeah. It's like its own little dialect, right? <laughs> So yeah, it's been it's a fun time. So I can definitely understand that. Um, so you in so you're in you're in Colombia. Um, you know you stumble upon you stumble upon tech. Like why like why tech? Like I, I first of all I'm jealous that you're a freelancer. It's like that's my dream right there. Creating your own schedule, kind of moving around as you want to. Like that's totally where I'm going. But talk talk me through like what what like really spoke to you about tech because there are just so many industries and especially like even down in Cartagena, um, what's nice. And, and, you know, you go on the beach there and there are like tons of really awesome, like opportunities, um, for jobs, whether it's like a skilled hand, like even the, um, even like being down there and like wanting a fish and like you watch the guy like row out and like go and catch the fish and come back and they cook it for you on the beach. Like even that is just such, such like, and it's such a great industry down there too. And people just, they make so much money from it. So, you know, t- talk a little bit about why, like what really drove you towards the tech industry? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I was down there. I was a little bit lost. You know, I, I had the marketing background uh, and obviously the broadcasting background, but broadcasting is a very specific niche, you know? So 
I was down there kind of trying to figure out, hey, what am I going to do? And I thought, hey, I'll go back and do some marketing. You know, I'm good at marketing. Uh, I'm good at, you know, speaking with people generally. So I was like, I'm going to do that. But when I was in Missouri as a sports director, you know, I was in a smaller town radio station and the technology sometimes was a little bit behind and we had a WordPress website and I didn't really know WordPress, but nobody else in the building even had a clue to operate WordPress. So I kind of became the de facto person that had to learn WordPress and had to really kind of dive into that a little bit. And that kind of sparked my interest a bit in tech and coding. You know, I learned a little HTML and CSS and, and things of that nature. And then, like I said, I was in Colombia. I met my friend, Will, um, and he, you know, was living this awesome life. Like you had just mentioned, he was a freelancer. He had his own company. He had all this freedom and all this skill. And um, tech is really cool because you can build things, you can problem solve. And that's kind of something that I enjoy doing. And so what really got me going when I got into the tech was kind of as soon as I started to do a deep dive and he gave me a little bit of a project, I was really interested. I was just fascinated more about the idea of having nothing. And then next thing you know, you've built something completely. I mean, it's on a digital platform. So, you know, it's a little bit different from if you're building a, you know, a closet or something with your hands. Right. But again, it's that same type of feeling of accomplishment. And that for me was a driver. Uh, it pays well, which obviously is important for anybody. Um, but the number one thing that really drove me to tech was the ability to have independence and freedom. And that if I kind of stuck it out and, and worked hard and, you know, <laughs> suffered for a while, because I certainly have suffered before getting to where I'm at now, um, and I would be in this position to have the freedom. So for me, the, it was the problem solving. It was being able to create something from scratch and the freedom and, and all the opportunity that being a developer offers you um, to this day. Yeah, I definitely can understand that being a, a software developer and, and even now being an engineering manager, um, I, there's just just watching, um, knowing what I made and then also know, watching my my teams, both, you know, all the development teams I've had and watching their progression and seeing, you know, what they can create when when given the space in the room to is is just so amazing. And honestly, it's a really rewarding feeling. Um, but one of the things that you actually keyed on, which I, 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 I love talking about is like really like the motivation and, um, you know, recently on Twitter, I know there's kind of been this back and forth about, hey, is it OK, um, you know, to communicate when you when you do decide to take a job in tech, um, whether it's a company that, you you know, we talk about passion and, you know, I've always been, a, I've been a person that like the passion argument just never really settled right with me um, because it's so easy. I kind of look at it as like the hokey pokey where it's like, okay, I'm going to go jump in this because it's my passion. If, Ooh, if it doesn't work out, then it must not be a passion. So I jump out. Right. And instead of just saying much like you just said, Sometimes like you have to work, you have to sweat, you have to grind. And then once you get over that hump, and I think to a certain extent, like you're always kind of doing that. But once you get over that first, like really big hump of doing that, then all of a sudden you be, you find this thing that you're good at. And because you're good at it, you can start doing things with it, such as monetizing it. And then that monetization allows you to turn around and then start having a passion and you get the the accolades, the recognition, all that fun stuff um, that comes along with you saying you want to know what I'm going to try hard to be good at this. Because I don't think there's anyone who wakes up and says, you want to know what? And I might be wrong. I'm told I'm sure I'm probably wrong, but I don't know there's too many people who wake up at like, you know, trying to figure out their life at 16, 17, 18, whatever age and go, you want to know what? I want to be a statistician. 
Like I want to, I want to keep numbers. I feel like there's, you know, those people wake up and they're like, you don't know what I'm going to try this. Oh, I like playing with data. I like manipulating data. Oh, I found out I'm really good at doing it. I'm going to, I'm going to track and keep up with data. Uh, that's what I feel like happens. I feel like it happens to a lot of people. I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's really what happened to me. I mean, I was never a math guy and I always associated coding with math. And so I was like, this isn't going to be for me. I can't do it. Like <laughs> This sounds awful. You know, that's why I studied communication, but it was exactly what you said where, you know, and I, I self-taught myself as well. I mean, you know, I had a couple of people that, that helped me and, and really guided me along, but so for me, it was a lot of just trying and failing a lot and messing up a lot and just kind of learning as you go and just building and building until it works. And then you, you know, meet some cool people who look at your code and say, hey, you can improve and do this and that. And you're like, oh, that is pretty neat. I just, you know, cut out 100 lines or whatever, you know, that might be. And, um, you know, so so for me, that's really what the driver was, is just kind of learning and creating. I had a really good support system as well when I was down there. Uh, you know, I was teaching English online and doing some marketing work, freelancing, uh, but I wasn't making great money. And so it would get discouraging sometimes. And you'd be like, man, maybe I should just go back and get a job and then maybe I'll learn on the side. But you know how that goes. That never really usually happens. So, you know, it was it was nice. because, Like I said, you know, I had my buddy that was down there that was kind of guiding me along. Uh, you know, my, my ex-girlfriend at the time was also studying uh, to be a developer. And, you know, that really helped me kind of stay focused and keep going. And then, like you said, once you kind of get that first paying gig and you start to really dive into the code, you're like, man, this is great. This is cool. Like, I really do like this manipulation of the data or whatever, or, you know, creating something on the UI structure on the front end in terms of design. It's it's uh, really rewarding once you get it down. It's a lot of work to, to understand it. But once you get it down, it really, really is rewarding. Yeah, man. I so I've always been a backend developer. Um, so like C sharp, Java, Python, um, Python more recent than the other two, but those have always been the languages I kind of like lean towards. Um, but I just decided I, you know, I always called myself a full stack developer, and then I tried to, uh, I started seeing the stuff that people were doing in front end, and I was like, I am not that. <laughs> I am a backend developer <laughs> who knows. <laughs> enough javascript and html to be dangerous so i'm actually to teaching myself um like front end stuff now and i really thoroughly enjoy it so i've been teaching myself a little bit of um uh you know javascript html css kind of the you know the trifecta there um eventually plan on navigating the react but um, i i you know i i never really i don't know maybe i just didn't have enough in front of me or i didn't see enough but i never really um looked at all the all the amazing things you can do in front end until I would say like the last year to two years. And I'm like watching people doing like really cool concepts like infinite scrolling or like dynamic uh you know image generation on pages. And I'm like, cool, I can uh, I can put some static images there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's awesome. Yeah. I mean I'm primarily front end. I'm actually the opposite. I would like to start uh getting more into back end. I've done some node stuff. Uh, just within JavaScript, of course, but I would love to kind of dive into Python a little bit as well, especially because, you know, I have a couple of people asking, hey, yeah, you're a programmer. Oh, yeah, I'm doing Python. Can you help me? I'm like, ah, <laughs> not not as much as I'd like. Um, but yeah, the front end, I think, is really awesome. You mentioned React. That's what I focused on 
uh, is working within that Mern stack, you know, so uh, I'm a huge fan of React. And, and I get, you know, a lot of people will rag on CSS. I'm not going to lie. Like a lot of people get it. I'm starting, I don't know. I, I, I like CSS. I think it's, uh, it's pretty fun to be able to, to mess with grids and layouts and, you know, your designers love you if you can get that down. So, um, you know, uh, for me, React though, is certainly the, the the framework you know with the javascript the library that i really really get going on it, it's so flexible with the things that you can do i've always avoided css if i can because it kind of has that bad reputation um but now that i'm playing with it now i'm like why did i why didn't i like this this is great <laughs> right like it's it, I, I i'm starting to like it more in my um uh, the my my friend ro actually she's the first episode of the of the podcast um she has a project that she built out at one point. It's a Pokédex built completely in CSS. Um, and I like always think like, okay, if I can just get to that point, cause it looks so cool. So um, yeah, no, I think I'll ask her if she can, if she can post, uh, put a post up on Twitter uh, with the link to that project. Cause it, it really is just such a cool, like a neat little tool. You, you know, you put in one of the, one of the numbers, I think it, I think it only goes up to 150. Um, you know, the 150 first original, I think now there's like, I don't know, thousand, but kind of lost track at this point, but yeah, it's so exciting to see, um, to, to, to see the things you could do with CSS. Um, and I do want to give a little shout out here. So you mentioned Python. If you're looking for someone to, um, to study Python with, check out Taylor Alexis. Um, she's at T-A-E-L-U-R Alexis on Twitter. She does a Twitch stream, uh, where she does a bunch of cool Python stuff and she does it all live. So like some of it, she's figuring out right along with you while you're trying to figure it out with her. So great person to follow, really great educator. Definitely give her a, definitely give her a look if you're looking for uh, some Python education. That sounds right up my alley. I'll give Taylor Alexis a, uh, a follow. So uh, that sounds really good. Cause yeah, I would like to get it, you know, and that's the thing with um, programming as well, right? Is there's such a broad range of things you can learn and different types of things you can learn that sometimes, you know, you get a little in over your head. You're like, Oh, I want to learn this. I want to learn this. I want to learn that. And then, you know, you can jump and distract your mind sometimes. So that's one thing I, you know, being self-taught, especially, you know, it's pretty seductive to see something that you see on Twitter or something that somebody else might be doing, like, for example, in Python, you know, that's, oh, I want to go try that out. But, you know, sometimes you got to focus at the job at hand and, you know, master your own craft as best you can, too. But that's one of the things I really love about programming is that it's just lifelong learning. You know, there's so much stuff you can learn, so much stuff you can do that uh, it's really endless. I don't know if you have the same problem that I do when you see like a Udemy class sale and you're like i'm just gonna go oh. buy one and then <laughs> it's kind of like target where at where you walk into target for that one thing and then 150 dollars later you're walking out you're like how did i end up with all of this yeah exactly you got the sales they just oh 10.99 oh it's only 8.99 today Ooh, uh yeah well i'm gonna want it later so if i get it now it's it's a good deal you know and the next thing you know like you said oh well there's hundred dollars that just got thrown away <laughs> But not thrown away, right? Because it's valuable. But, it's, you know, it's pretty funny. I, yeah, I've ended up doing that a couple of times. And so I made a promise to myself until I – so I have um, – like I said, I'm doing JavaScript. So I have like four courses that I'm working on with that right now. So I promised myself I couldn't. Until I finish those four courses, I can't buy any more. So, so far I've been pretty good about it. But I've definitely been tempted. Or I've been looking. I'm like, ooh, yeah, I want that. Yeah, put that in the cart, save for later. That's my problem that I have. I'll be like, ah, maybe I won't buy it, but I'm just going to add it to the cart. And next thing you know, I got like 10 courses in the cart that are just waiting to be paid for. <laughs> it's like, mm, I know myself too well. Well, at least, at least you know that, you know, 
But hey, man, it's been great chatting with you. This has been a, a really great opportunity. I'm glad we were able to have you on. Um, why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, whatever social media you feel like sharing, just so they know where to look you up. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Cheshtech. That's C-H-E-S-H-T-E-C-H with an underscore. Um, and you can do the same on Instagram and Facebook as well. That's Facebook and Instagram are more your business account, but you can follow for some really good development tips as well as marketing tips. And if you are a freelancer, you have your own small business. I also kind of help guide through that process as well. Twitter, I definitely focus more on the development type stuff and, and the tech staff and the yeah, tech stacks and things of that nature. So that's where you can find me. My website is cheshtech.com. All right. Awesome, man. Any final thoughts? Anything else you want to share before we get out of here for the night? No, I just want to thank you for uh, allowing me to come on and chat with you a little bit. I always think it's a lot of fun to chat with fellow developers. And especially, like you said, you know, just the the community that we have on Twitter and, and to kind of grow that and, and to establish relationships and whatnot. You know, I'm looking forward to uh, continuing speaking with you in the future and to uh, listening to more of your podcast episodes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. This has been really exciting. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening. I'll be back in a, ne- in a couple of weeks with some more interviews. We'll be talking more about the tech industry and kind of figuring out what's going on there and how we all ended up here. Have a good one, guys.